Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm going to take some time and talk to you today about what, what I think is really going on here. What is really going on out here? First of all, um, uh, this morning uh, I was running and um, I work a lot of things out when I run. I've gotten in the habit of when I exercise, when I run specifically, that I'll take a scripture and I'll run with the scripture and I'll meditate on the scripture. And the one that I opened up to today um, uh, was one that I just said, I keep a list of scriptures to meditate on. But it's Psalm 44, 8. And it said, um, it says, in God, we shall boast. We boast all the day long. We shall praise your name forever. Selah. When you see that word Selah, it means to pause and calmly think of that. He's saying, hey, if you're going to take time and meditate on any scripture, Selah, take, t- take a moment here on this one. And so I took that scripture and I started running down the street and I just decided to do it. Um, I've, I've decided I'm going to be a, a, do- a doer of the Bible and not just a hearer. So when I read a scripture that has a, an instruction or a recommendation, I do it now. So I started boasting and I started just talking to the Lord and saying, Lord, I, I boast of your mercy. Father, I don't boast of being born. I don't boast of you as my creator first. I boast of your mercy. Because honestly, if I would have been born and not found your mercy, I would, I'd rather not have been born. I boast of your mercy. And I started thanking God for his mercy. And then I boast of, and, I, and just things are coming to my heart. I boast of your grace. Father, you didn't leave me where I was. You delivered me. And started naming things specifically that God had delivered me from. Lord, Lord I want to boast today uh, of your um, your prosperity in my life, Lord, how you blessed me. Lord, you've been a God that's multiplied me. You've multiplied my financial level many times um, from when I first started. And I started going down the list. And um, as I was running back, uh, um, on, on my way back, uh, I started praising the Lord for something while I was running, and I don't remember what it was. But I, the, the scripture in Acts says, Acts 17 says, in him, we live and move and have our being. And that was quickened to me. It jumped in my spirit. I'm in him. And I know this is a common phrase. There's even books called in him. But it jumped in my spirit. I'm in him. I'm in Christ. You may say I, I live in Brandon, Florida, but I'm in him. I can't get a coronavirus because I'm in him. That's my location. And man, it left in my heart. And I started celebrating, praise the Lord. I'm in him. I can't die young. I'm in him. I can't, I can't fail. I'm in him. I'm inside of Christ. The Bible says that we are complete in him. I'm in him. When you see me, you're actually seeing Jesus as well because I'm inside Jesus. I'm in him. And then I thought of Psalm 91, which has been on a lot of people's, thankfully, has been on a lot of people's mouth recently because of this whole virus. Um, But it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But I thought about that and that jumped in my heart. Man, it's the secret place of the Most High. It's not God's secret place. It's the secret place of God. The secret place is God. What's the address of the secret place? It's God himself. I'm abiding in him. I'm inside Christ. And so the, you know, when fear tries to come and grip you over stuff that happens, no, uh-uh, that's not, no, you, you misunderstand who I am. I'm in him. I'm not susceptible. I'm in him. You know, they come and they say for certain people, for the elderly, for, you know, something could come and it could be, it could be, come to me and say, uh, white Caucasian people in their 30s of Dutch descent 
uh, male are, are going to be the most susceptible and highest more. And it doesn't matter. I'm in Christ. This is this is really the time when the rubber meets the road. You know, for many people, faith is something they say they have and they believe in Jesus Christ, but their faith doesn't go beyond that he's God. And so you see it where difficult times like these, and you see people go in two directions, people who get in fear, people who get in panic, and then people who who, who step up by the word of God and say, bless God, I'm not going to be afraid. I, I'm not going to be afraid of this. For me, it hit me. I was in church this morning and something hit me. I've been thinking through fear and, and thinking through um, what's going on here, the virus and fear. And I thought, man, the virus is a, uh, this coronavirus, it's a natural thing. You know, it's, it's made of molecules, there's different strands, you know, there's, it's, a, it's a natural virus. The virus can be caught. Um, many people who get it recover. Uh, a, a, a smaller percentage that get it don't recover. But it's something that can be thought, be caught. But fear, on the other hand, is not natural. It's supernatural. The Bible says in First Second uh, Peter one seven, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is just as real. It's not natural. It's supernatural. But it can be caught. It can. It, and the worst thing about fear is that after lo- the coronavirus is long gone, fear will still try to remain. And I resolved in my heart, I'd rather die believing God's word and not being in fear about this than, than worry and think to myself, what's happening to my family? What's happening to me? What if this happens? What if this happens? Absolutely not. I've resolved. I've made up my mind. I'm not being afraid of anything for the rest of my life. For me, personally, it's, it's wor- it, the fear is worse than a virus. The fear is worse than a virus. Why? Because the fear will stick around after the virus is long gone. It's it, Out of the two, it's worse. And so I've made up my resolution. I see who my enemy is. My, the greater enemy for me is the fear that tries to come along when times like these come. And you see, it's like the society around you is being um, upended, things that you've never seen in your lifetime before, churches closing their doors, uh, uh, people panicking. I mean, I, there's good to do practical things. I think, I think it's wise to get some food. That if there was a time where maybe we couldn't leave, you see what's happening in Italy. In Italy, people can't leave their house. Um, there's re- restrictions on going to the store. It's it's good practical things. I got baked beans in my house. If y'all need cling peaches or baked beans, bless the Lord. We got cling peaches and baked beans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not joking. Um, and probably end up fasting too if if push comes to shove. There's only so many peaches and beans one can eat before you just rather fast than do that. But you make up your mind. I've resolved. And how do you do it? We talked about it in the faith versus fear episode a couple episodes back. We talked about it, but but you choose to focus on the Word of God. You choose to dig into the Word of God. You know, for many people, these times, people, foreigners, this is normal. I mean, if you, th- if you think about like what other countries have gone through, people are used to. People are used to tragedy. People are used to difficulty. I mean, imagine living in like the Middle East where you wake up and any day you walk out, you could be, you could be people living in war zones, you know, some of this stuff. It's like it's normal life. For Americans, it's not. This is, for many people, the first time their faith is tested and they realize, 
I'm a fearful person. Fear will try and grip you. But you have to understand that fear is an enemy sent by the devil. You can't look at fear as a feeling. You know, fear is not an emotion. Fear is expressed emotionally. Fear is a spirit. It's a spirit of fear. That means it's a person or a personality without a body. And so it comes. And people I've talked to have said fear has tried to come and it tries to grip them. But you decide. When that time comes, I quote the scripture. Now, listen, a thousand will fall at my side. I went into the bank the other day and um, uh, sat down. The lady was depositing a check for me. And she said, um, she she looked at me. It was like three in the afternoon on, on Friday. And she said, um, are you ready for the day to be done? I said, no, nah, I'm ready for lunch. I said, my day is done. She said, oh, okay. She's like, are you done for the weekend? I said, well, I work at a church. So um, off tomorrow and back on Sunday. And she said, oh, your church. She's like, are you guys still meeting? Um, on Sunday? I said, yes, ma'am. We're still meeting on Sunday. She said, oh, that's good. I said, you know what I think? I said, Psalm 91 says, a thousand will fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it'll not come near to me. She said, I agree. I said, who am I to believe? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world and gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life and not believe the rest of the Bible. If I believe the one, bless God, I believe the other. And she said, I agree with you. I think churches should stay open. It's times like this. And I'm not here to say, you know, I'm not here to say anything. I'm not here to criticize. But but the truth is, it's times like this when people need the body of Christ. And you can say what you want about house churches, but it's not the same. The Bible says, don't forsake the gathering together. There's something about being in the company of other believers in difficult times. The devil's looking to fight alone. But people, but there's people today who woke up uh, and to go to church and were relieved that their church closed. Why? Because they're afraid. You know, for me, again, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not. I'm moving ahead. Church, God's my protector. He's already protected me in the past. He's going to protect my immune system. He's going to protect my body. He's, he's taking care of me. This is a time when people need hope, and that's exactly what the local church is there to do. If you notice that after September 11th, the churches like, were bursting at the seams. Why? Because it was a time when people are looking, what do we do? What do the pe- if, you, if, the, if the churches aren't open, they're going to look to the government. They're looking for them. They're looking to somebody. So this is a time when churches, when the body of Christ, when ministers step up and say, hey, if you guys are looking, hey, we have the answers. So first of all, I want to say we're going to obviously continue to do these podcasts this whole week. We might do some extra broadcasts. I want to say to you, please, this I, I know I speak faith, and I know one of the feelings that people can get is I can't be my real self <laughs> around Pastor Ryan. You know, it's like I don't want to bring, he's going to think less of me if I'm if I'm worried. Listen, I'm here for you. My wife and I, we're here for you. I, first of all, I want to say about that, I can't be my true self. As a child of God, you're full of faith. You, it's, you don't have a spirit of fear. You, you're as a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. You're a person of love. You're a person of generosity. That's who you really are. But God gives us people. There's been many, I mean, even still today, there's people in my life who God's put there that when I don't have the answer, and it happens, I, I call, hey, please, I need, an, I need to know what to do. Please, can you help me? This is what I'm running into. Hey, how do I handle this? God gives you people. This isn't about looking and saying, this person's going to think less of me. This is a time where if you need help, 
please, we are here for you. If you go on Instagram, if you go on Facebook and you search our names, you can find us, reach out to us. Uh, We want to be available to you, uh, pray with you, believe with you, um, uh, stand with you. I'm believing by the power of God that for you, two things to do in the next couple of days. Number one is get between three and five scriptures that you can stand on that show you that you're going to be immune for anything that comes your way. I would start with the spirit of fear. I would start with, um, I would start with, uh, I like Exodus 14, 14. It's a short verse. It says, and God said, I'll fight with you. And the Amplified says, and you will, you will hold your peace and remain at rest. Um, how about, how about, uh, no evil will befall me. Neither will any plague come down my dwelling. Psalm 91. You grab these scriptures and when you wake up, you speak them. You don't just think them. You don't just read them. You speak them. You praise the Lord over them. You celebrate over them. And morning, noon, night, you take it like medication. And then look what we talked about. And if you need to go back and listen to that podcast on keeping your joy, please go back and listen to that podcast on keeping your joy. Now to end this, I want to read something to you on, um, on uh, more specifically where this is coming from. As of right now, we've got something like 5,000 people out of seven and a half billion people who've died from a virus. Uh, more people die every day in Chicago than have died in the U.S. so far from this virus. Um, more people die every day in Chicago from, uh, from murders, from so forth, all these things, uh, uh, just in the city of Chicago. So the reason why it's been blown out of proportion, and I'm speaking, a lot of what I have, I have documents for, but a lot of what I have is, is, is um, understanding where the world is heading. You need to get a grasp on what, what's actually happening. And so when the news tells you one thing, you understand. And I'm not just talking about uh, left versus right, Republican versus Democrat. This goes on to the world's agenda. And then even what the Bible explains, where the world is heading to. You know, the, the, the reason why I, ha- I hate the idea of the one world government is because it ushers in the Antichrist. And so for me, I know it's inevitable and I'm not fighting against God's plan, but ultimately that's when the rapture happens and we want people to be saved before then. So when I see people talk about globalism, you know, this is actually, this, I believe, this virus is an agenda of globalists. Why? To bring global leadership because they couldn't, they're not doing it effectively through climate change. That's the purpose of climate change, global global, uh, leadership, global taxation, global rulership, where they can set rules beyond sovereign nations and and have rules on carbon taxes on what you can and can't do what what seeds you can and can't grow even changing the seeds if you look at Monsanto this is too long of a conversation to have in one podcast and i'm telling you this isn't conspiracy theory this is things that i've seen and i want to read you something short but i want you to see something here this was published by the Rockefeller group in may of 2010 so almost 10 years ago, <clears throat> and it's, um, you can find it online. Uh, if you want to find it, it's published by them. It's called the scenarios for the future development for the future, excuse me, scenarios for the future of technology and international development published by the Rockefeller foundation, May, 2010. And if you go down to, it's a 53 page document. If you go down to page 18, it's called lockstep and it says scenario narratives. And it says, <clears throat> in, now this is talking about the future. And it's painting a picture for what would come. And it says, in 2012, the pandemic that the world has been anticipating for the years finally hit. This isn't looking back. This is looking forward. It's, this is telling a story in advance. Unlike 2009's H1N1, this new influenza strain originating from wild geese 
was extremely virulent and deadly. Even the most pandemic-prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed. Twenty Infected 20% of the global population, killed nearly 8 million people in just seven months. Um, uh, economies had a, It had a deadly effect on economies. International mobility of both people and goods screeched to a halt. Debilitating industries like tourism and breaking global supply chains. Normal bustling shops and office buildings set empty for months, devoid of both employees and customers. It blanketed the planet, though disproportionate numbers died in Africa, Southeast Asia, and Central America. Um, but even in developed countries, containment was a challenge. Uh, the United States' initial policy of strongly discouraging citizens from flying. National leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions. Mandatory wearing of face masks. At first, the notion of more controlled world gained wide acceptance and approval. Citizens willingly gave up some of their sovereignty and their privacy to more paternalistic states in exchange for greater safety and stability. Citizens are more tolerant and even eager for even eager for top-down direction and oversight, and national leaders had more latitude to impose order in the ways they saw fit. In developed countries, these heightened oversight took many forms. Biometric IDs for all citizens, for example, and tighter regulation of key industries whose stability was deemed vital to national interest. And so you see a restriction on flying these different things. But the, but the goal and the idea here is to change the way we live. You see it today with, with, with churches closing their doors. And for many places, this is something that if you look, the, 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 the Antichrist isn't looking for churches to get bigger and bigger. He isn't looking for the body of Christ to expand. And so if you start limiting it, hey, you guys, we're not lifting this just for future outbreaks. You know, there's still strains of this thing that are out here. You know, the churches are going to be limited to 100 people. There's places in the U.S. now where they said, you can't have meetings over 100 people, over 250 people. And today, even news coming out now of churches that stood up and just said, no, um, whoever comes, comes. We're not limiting it. You guys can, and stood up to law enforcement. But you but you see this now where the line is being drawn. And wherever this thing came from, I believe it's by design to control. But wherever this thing came from, this is the time that the body of Christ arises. This is the time where it's time to stand up and say, I'm not making it to heaven without a real test. This real test has come to my door. The truth is with any fight, as, as, a, as a believer, the fight comes to your door either way, whether you want it to, whether you don't. And so you fight the good fight of faith. You begin to take the word and, and let the word be your nourishment. You decide, I'm not yielding to fear, not for a second. I'm going to stand in faith and I'm going to fight, and I'm going to see out the victory. We love you. We're here for you. Uh, We'll look forward to hearing from you, and, and we'll see you on the next podcast.